This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mythos Ragnarok. Mythos Ragnarok is the debut show from the Mythological Theatre, which is a production company of Ed Gamestop, and we all love Ed Gamestop, don't we? It tells the story of the Nordic gods rise to power, from fighting giants in the nothingness of Gnungaga to their final great battle against the rival clans at each other. Unlike wimpy stage fighting, where actors don't even hit each other, Mythos is performed by trained professional wrestlers who beat the crap out of each other. And it's bloody insane. The next show is the 10th of April in London. Pre-sale tickets have already sold out, but fear not, you can sign up for the next ticket release on Ed's website. Ed has also put together an amazing offer exclusive for listeners of the podcast. So head over to www.edgamestore.co.uk forward slash NMP and you'll be able to sign up for the next ticket release and save a massive 10%. Seriously, I'm lucky enough to have seen the show and if you can grab a ticket and support Ed, you will not be disappointed. That's once again www.edgamestore.co.uk forward slash NMP sign up and save 10%. Right, let's jump into the show. Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farron, corner of the company Horns of Odin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvik. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are joined today by a very special guest, Alexander Ludwig, uh, also known as Bjorn Ironside from the show Vikings. Welcome to the show, Alexander. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful to be here. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, obviously, you're a, you're a busy man. You're uh, all over the place, I guess. It's it's good to be busy. I, I'm I'm really grateful when I, when I'm working, and and lately it seems like it, it hasn't really stopped. Um, you know, mm-hmm. in my business it's like you it's, you know so often you're not busy. So when you are, it just means things are going right. So I'm I'm lucky, but I'm happy to talk to you guys. I mean, it's it's great to to talk to people who know a lot about you know the Viking community, people who are obviously passionate about the show and everyone listening thanks for hopping on this is this is great mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. Um, we actually have a i think this we're maxing out in terms of uh people listening in uh for the first time like, right I don't, yeah <laughs> that's because i i refused i refused to tell everybody who was coming on because obviously we didn't we didn't really lock this in until yesterday and we didn't have chance to i didn't have chance to check whether it was okay to like publicly say you were coming on, so I was like, we're having a surprise guest on. But if you want to, if you want to see who it is, come and watch live. So everybody who's just coming in now will find out for the first time that it's. Oh, that's uh, awesome, man! They must be so they must be so disappointed. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, I I will be honest. Someone in someone in the in the Discord chat did say, "Is it Chris Hemsworth?" And I was like, I was like, I was like, fuck! <laughs> I was like, Don't say that. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> No, I mean, Bjorn was, I guess, was a huge character for, for yourself to play. Um, and, yeah, well, I mean, I want to go through kind of what it was like on the show in general, because you, did you come in in season two? Yes, yeah, season two. Season two, so you were in it pretty much the whole time. Um, you had more appearances than than um, Travis Fimmel, even though people kind of remember Ragnar as this, 
the character, but you had to take over that mantle once yeah. his character met his uh, end spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, so I guess to start with, did you ever think that the show would become the, the juggernaut that it did? No, not at all. It's crazy, man. Like I, I, um, like at the time, like I had just finished a film called Lone Survivor. I was like in my early a Very 20s. good film. Oh, thanks, man. That's one of my I favorite. love that film. Yeah, it's a good, it is a good film. I, I was, that was one of my favorites I've ever been a part of. And I, I remember just um, being called because somebody had seen the Hunger Games and saw that I resembled an older version of the kid who played Bjorn, uh, Nathan O'Toole, who did an excellent job. And um, um, they were like, there's a show called Vikings and they really want you play this character on it and they reached out which I was obviously grateful for but like at the time it was kind of before the what I would say is the golden age of television you know where I think some of the best stories right now are on tv um as opposed to films and I always saw my career and going to be in in films um I, I didn't think that I would ever be on a tv show because you have to sign on for like six years um mm -hmm. and that's like a huge commitment and um, not to mention like it's some show on the history channel and like all I knew on the history channel was like like you know Hatfields and McCoys which is great but other than that it's like World War II documentaries <laughs> I and, was just gonna and, say <laughs> I was like who the hell is gonna watch this and I watched the first season of Vikings and I was just like holy shit like I didn't just get into this business to be a part of things that are like just big successes obviously you always want that but what i really care about is doing great work and things that i would be proud of and that mm -hmm. i would be a fan of and that i would watch and i was like this checks all those boxes for me it's an amazing show um incredible talent and it just i would love to be a part of this world um so i spoke with michael hurst and uh the president of mgm at the time who kind of took me through the trajectory of the iron ironsides character and it's like he's going to go from a boy uh to a man you know, to a warrior, to a leader, to a legend. And we're going to follow him from basically a kid to uh, up until he's, you know, he's got his own family and is, and is the king. Um, and I was just sitting back thinking like, what actor on the planet has a chance to show, you know, in success, obviously the show has to get picked up, but in success, a trajectory of, of that many years. Um, that's a, that is a gift that nobody gets. Um, like, I, I don't, I can't think off the top of my head, somebody who's ever been able to show that. So for me, I was just really, really grateful um, for the opportunity. And, and of course, I met with Travis and Catherine, who obviously are now some of my best friends and always will be. Um, and, uh, and it was just a no brainer. So, you know, the first two, three seasons, it, nobody knew what we were. People were like, oh, you're on the show Viking. It's like, cool. Like, unless you were a diehard Viking fan, mm -hmm like which there were for sure like and i'm so grateful for the original fan base because anybody who followed the show from the start is like a massive viking fan yeah. um but but then came like season four and i just noticed this huge shift where it wasn't just people in dublin ireland who knew, knew about our show it was people all over the world and mgm was releasing vikings on like hbo nordic netflix and all these other places so they got a ton of exposure overseas that we wouldn't be able to get just on the History Channel in North America. So suddenly the show had just blown up in a way that none of us ever saw coming. Um, 
And now I'm so grateful to say, not only is it like a calling card for me, but it's just like, it's, it's one of my most proud experiences. Like I just, I, I will never have a, an experience like Vikings ever again. It was just one of, it's one of a kind. It really mm-hmm. is. And, and uh, I'm so grateful to have been a part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, I think there's a lot to say about that actually, because it, it, this show has also defined so much in terms of how the public relates to that period in history and also now relates to Scandinavia as a Scandinavian. I mean, there's, there's so much I encounter living here in North America that has yeah. to do with Vikings. Like oh, yeah. that, that's, that's what people know us for, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's really, it's really been, been a defining moment. And uh, also when you look at sort of like a broader uh, media situation, like social media, for instance, there are so many people from Scandinavia nowadays who have like, viking themed accounts on on instagram for instance and and it's just like it's it's like a it's like a whole revival really of of Mm -hmm. of a historical period for for scandinavians too that has come through this show in in many ways i don't i don't think just i would say i don't think it's just for scandinavians either i think it's Mm -hmm. it's for for every even in in the uk there's people that that i grew up with the that i've i've seen on facebook that aren't into into this stuff they're not into kind of like the Nordic mythology the Viking age yeah. this community, but they love the show Vikings and they, you know they're posting you can see them posting when the new series comes out and and you've got the last episodes on and people are going these are people that I grew that I never would have thought would have been interested in this kind of thing but they've been drawn into it by this amazing tv show that's brought so many people into this community and I mean for me I have a, I have a business in this community so it's it's brilliant for business. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, that's that's a question for you, Dan. Did you start the horns before or after the show came out? I I think I started around the same sort of time yeah. to start. So we've been we've been a, we started in 2015. Wow. I think Vikings started in 2014. Was it? I think so Vikings, I, I, I actually can't remember. It's like six years ago, whatever that is. Yeah, I think you. I think it was 2004 in the first series. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. 14 was probably when it started. Yeah. Um. So it's very similar sort of time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we. I've certainly seen it kind of grow and grow. And then obviously you have this this spin, not not spin off shows, but the other shows like The Last Kingdom, which help boost that. You know, it's another kind of Viking sure. themed show, which really helps kind of bring new people in and then obviously hopefully they pick up on shows like ours and they can get like the real accurate side of things from Mateus Lavia. <laughs> yeah and I mean I, I started noticing that people were watching when like I'd go to New York and people started having these haircuts that really resembled what we had on the show what mm-hmm. I love so much about Vikings in general was like I'm a history nerd and I love I mean I'm I love period pieces and I love historical dramas I love old westerns I mean that's the kind of shit that made me want to be an actor in the first place is like getting to feel like you get to explore all these different worlds and Vikings, I think for so long were so villainized as just these, these people from the North who came over and raped and pillaged and they were evil and this and that. And what I love so much about the show is that you see it from their perspective and it doesn't, it it certainly doesn't um, relinquish uh, any responsibility to, to what they did. But at least you can understand, you know, their, their beliefs and their traditions. And I mean, they were the first astronauts, you know, like if you really look back, like they're the first people who were just like, we're going this way and I have no idea what's out there. 
And I, it, that's just spectacular. Like the fact that Beer and Ironside made it to Africa is, mm -hmm. is mind boggling to me. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm upset. I'm just as much of a nerd of, about this show as, as everybody else. Like I just, I loved it. And I think we all felt this huge responsibility because we knew there's one thing I did know. I knew people in Scandinavia would watch the show. The question <laughs> was whether or not they were going to like it. And mm -hmm. this is so close to their hearts um, that I just, I felt this immense responsibility uh, to do right by them. And I got really lucky with um, having such a close friend in Gustav Skarsgård who played Floki. Um, obviously Travis was one of my best friends too, and who played Ragnar. And we, we, we all lived together at different periods throughout the show. And uh, Gustav- I bet that was uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, too much fun, man. Was, Travis was, seems yeah. like he, he would be a lot of fun to hang out with. Oh, he is. He's, he's amazing. And, you know, he's, he's got a heart of gold. And I mean, he family doesn't even like he really is a brother to me. He was just hanging out with my family in Vancouver and I wasn't even there. Like he oh, just yeah. like he's just, you know, he's one of my best friends. And, mm -hmm. and uh, Gustav is from Sweden and, and really understood a lot of the mythology and he got really into it. So we made some trips to Iceland to check out the Njal sagas and where these things would have taken place. And um, man, it was it was such it was such a special show to be a part mm -hmm. of. And I'm just so grateful that people loved it. And it, even now people are still just catching on. Like I was at a basketball game the other day and people were just like, I just finished Vikings. I'm like, I've been <laughs> off that show for two years, but that's awesome. Like, I love that's, that. Yeah. I think it's going to keep bringing new people. And obviously they've just released the, the new kind of later version yeah, Valhalla. of Vikings Valhalla. So that's going to bring people, new people who, who haven't seen the original one, who are going to go back and then watch the, the original series and you're going to get a new wave of people <laughs> messaging you, I guess. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> do you, um, you, you said before about obviously the responsibility, do you, do you feel more responsibility to do a character? Program? I guess when it's a, a historical character compared to a fictional one, is there, do you, do you feel more pressure to make sure you, you, you get it right? For sure. But it, I, I will say that, um, you know, there was a, a little bit more room to breathe with this because we don't know mm -hmm. what they sounded like. We don't know what he, you know what I mean? Like it, it would be a lot different if we were playing somebody doing a true story about somebody who lived now or, or like 10 years ago or 20 years ago where like people actually knew the person personally. And mm -hmm. I think that's when the pressure really even, you know, like Lone Survivor being a good example of, of something that happened not too not too long ago and and that was you know a real pressure on like any other to like we need to make sure we're doing this right and get the navy seals on and then make sure that they're on set all the time and we're always in communication making sure that we're doing this the way that they would want um so i would say that you know the pressure was off a little bit but of course like i think i think the pitfall though is that if you think too much about and this kind of goes for everything in life I mean, shit, man, you started a Viking horn company. Like, I'm sure you had people who thought you were insane. You know oh, what I mean? And, right? Unbelievable and, amount. Right? And it's like, it's, it really goes with anything, man. It's like, it's like you, if you think about what everyone else is going to think about, then you're not going to be true to yourself anyway. You know, mm -hmm. you just got to, you just got to put your horse blinders on, put one foot in front of the other and do the best job for you, you possibly can. And then just... Oh, yeah sit back and let the wind fucking you know there's, there's a lot of truth to that you know what back in the late 90s early 2000s i was like the one viking dude around 
like yeah. everywhere where I was like, yeah. oh, that's the guy who's interested in Viking stuff. And then I, you know, went to college and got a PhD and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden blew up everywhere. Boom. Yeah. So. And then you're ahead of the game. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, that, that speaks so many truths to me because for the first two years, I didn't tell anybody what I was doing because I was not, not embarrassed of it, but I was just kind of didn't know how people would think, how they would react. Cause it is a very unique thing especially yeah. being part of a, being part of a rugby team you know what it's like on you know you played ice hockey i'm sure it's very similar there you get yeah. you, you get the ribbon from the the teammates so i kept it very much to myself for a for a long time um but it gets to a point where you have to either run with it and and see what happens or or not and you've got yeah. to ignore everybody else i guess 100 percent. and that's what i've found works the, mo- the best is just like literally I'm so grateful for the fans, you know, and I really do want to do right by them. But if I put too much pressure on myself or I think too much about what everybody else expects of me, um, I won't be focused enough on what I expect of me, you know, and, and, and uh, creating a um, historical fiction of this kind is also very much of a, a balance, you know, and as somebody who's, you know, very familiar with both, Viking Age history and also all the saga literature that is out there. I can sort of, I can see what the, the people who have been writing the show, what they have been doing, like the choices they've made, what they've chosen to put in there and what they chose yeah. to take out, you know, all of those things. And it's, it's very, you know, for me, it's very fascinating to actually look at that. And one of the things um, that I've noticed is I feel that they actually managed to create a real modern legend in the same way as people back in Iceland in the 1200s created legends about the Vikings too when they were writing these sagas. I think that was a really, really uh, beautiful artistic work that they have actually done there. So it created a legend that that um, infuses the story with so much history and... and um, and and displays really the, the the historical aspects of the Viking Age to the best of their ability in the sense of also making it interesting and fascinating to to keep watching for several seasons over. So I think that was really really awesome. And I want to point out thought, uh, you, you're saying you wanted to do write it by by Scandinavians in that sense too. I, I I think that's that's really great because you know as as we can just see in our chat right here, our resident Swede Frederick. Uh, uh, is asking if you've visited the, the mound of Bjorn Ironside in Sweden. You know, that's that's one of the things, like we Scandinavians, there are, there are spots, like locations in Scandinavia that we can go to. And, you know, the historical legend says, this is here where that guy is buried, you know, those kinds of things. So it's like, it, it gets that close sometimes, you know? <laughs> no, and I, dude, like, I so appreciate that. And, and like coming from, you know, coming from you, like, like that means a ton because, you saw it for what it was, which is, you know, if you wanted to tell the story about all these people, you need to do multiple, a ton of different shows, but they found a really interesting way of threading a needle um, and, and, and keeping it historically accurate at times when also bringing in elements of storytelling and dramatization. You're like Bjorn Ironside, for example, never uh, died the way he did in the show. Uh, he, you know, he lived actually a very long life. He escaped uh, through Greek fire after, after uh, kind of pillaging Africa uh, with most of the boats got destroyed by pirates and he made it, he made it out. Um, but 
for the purpose of the show and for the purpose of, of being able to continue and telling the other brothers stories, this was, I think, the right choice. Um, and what Frederick said, Frederick, don't kill me, but honestly, that is somewhere that I really, really tried to go to. And I can't remember where in Sweden it was, but I actually looked it up and I really wanted to, to find it. Um, Gustav and I did travel to Iceland. Uh, I was there and back about three times, um, um, meeting actually authors and, and seeing different places in Yale Sagas. But um, the mound is a place I really do want to visit. And I think it would be really special. Um, and I hope I do one day. I don't know why I wasn't able to, but what I can say is that as the show continued, my schedule did get insane. We got to a point where um, we were shooting 11 months out of the year. And then with the one month break we had in December, I'd be flying home to Canada to see my family and then going straight back. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, as the show continued, my part kind of got bigger and bigger. So I was basically on set every day and I couldn't even leave for the weekend. So um, the travel kind of stopped around season four and stuff, but I would mm -hmm. love to go check that out. I imagine it's insanely hard to do, especially because you, I guess you'll have a certain level of promo you have to do as well as part of the show. You want to get it out there, go to, like, do you go to comic cons and that kind of thing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that, man. I love those. Like I went to, I just went to uh, Dusseldorf with Travis, uh, Gustav. Uh, I mean, it's a great reunion for the cast. Mm -hmm. too, oh, I know, bet. Kind of it's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you get to, obviously you get to meet the fans, which I guess must be amazing. It really is. It's, it's, it's funny because, and I mean, this just kind of goes for everything in the world. Like you can go to one place and like you'd expect the show to be big there and it is, but not nearly as big as you think. And then you go somewhere else where you're like, what the fuck okay. is happening? Like, I remember I went to, well, Iceland was like an obvious one. I expected it to be big. I didn't expect it to be as big as it was. That was insane. Okay. Like I, I walked down the street, people were jumping out of their cars and like, wow. if, you go, if I went to Uruguay, um, like Uruguay, um, mm -hmm. it was mental. I mean, like it, it felt like the entire country had watched Vikings. Um, really? But then in the States, for example, it's taking to like now, you know, it's like, like I went for dinner like two months ago at this restaurant and it was the coolest experience I think I've ever had in my life where. Until now, until this podcast. Until, until now. <laughs> <laughs> No, with a fan where the table beside me, I had my hat on, the table beside me started talking about how much they loved Vikings. And they were freaking out about the characters and they were talking about the show and they had no clue that I was literally sitting right beside them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So That's I tapped funny. them on the shoulder and I said, shut the fuck up, stop talking about me. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm Did you? I, I, of course, I went up to him and I was like, man, uh, I was Thank you so much, dude. I'm so happy you love the show. And he was like, what, 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 what? <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. No, I would have been disappointed if you hadn't have, have done that. If you yeah. just, oh, if you just walked you, out. Yeah. Would have broken. No, I could never. That I was like, this, this is going to be, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And like, that was kind of, for me, like a very jarring one of like, wow. Like the show has gotten like to the point where like, I can be sitting in a restaurant in Georgia and somebody's talking about it like next to me. Like that's that's an incredible experience. That that's what's yeah. amazing. And all you got to do is just smile and say hi, and you make people stay. I mean, that's that stuff is really special. That must be I, surreal. 
I can tell you that uh, um, this is literally like the Viking show is literally part of, um, you know, me making money because uh, <laughs> this is how I get students in my class. I have this, 100%. yeah, I have this um, one class uh, every fall semester that's on Viking history yeah. in, um, at, at the University of Colorado in Boulder, where I teach. And um, I'd say that at least a third of the students in that class, it's usually 150 students, a big lecture hall. Yeah. At least a third of them have watched the Vikings show before they come. <laughs> so I get all of these questions <laughs> uh, all oh, the nice. time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet you get get the, the basic ones about the main characters all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, they, they pick up on all kinds of things, uh, all the tiny little details and big issues and, and different characters and locations and all that stuff and it's yeah it's it's it's, it's really interesting to just see how they you know mm -hmm. how they respond to it and and sure. that is that that is like a thing that drives them it's like oh i saw this show and it's like hey there's a there's a class on this stuff let's go check it out <laughs> i love it are you are you a professor of norse mythology yeah Amazing. So how much like in North in Norse mythology is actually um, I mean, is there proof of a lot of this stuff or is a lot of like, you know, like Greek mythology, for example, you know, would you say that it's similar or would you say that there's actually a lot of evidence to support a lot of these or are they more stories inter interwoven with historical elements? So um, I'm going to reiterate what is basically You need to go get a drink model. now, Alex. <laughs> yeah, you need, need to, to, you to sit tea. back and get a cup of tea for yeah. this one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to start with it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. So the biggest issue, the biggest problem that we actually have with the texts that have been written is yeah. that they are mostly written by uh, people several centuries after people stopped believing in the, in the Nordic gods and all that stuff. So so it's Christians that have written about non-Christians. And that also, oh. yeah, so, so that really means then that, that of course, as Christians, uh, in a time when you couldn't question such things as religion, they had to, you know, figure out ways to explain why people would have believed in other gods. And one of the main things is that, oh, Odin was really just a guy, yeah. uh, an, an ancestor of the kings or something like that, that was then elevated to a god because people misunderstood things. That's sort of the very relaxed way that that a lot of the Scandinavian authors actually uh, that their approach is, is is like that um, from the medieval period. But it's one of the first things I learned too, like just about you know you know history being written by the victors or a lot of this being written by by you know Christians, for example, is uh, the the helmets. I mean, people always come up to me. That's one of the questions: is did, did Vikings really have those helmets? And I'm like, actually, no. Um, they they were painted with horns because um, they saw them as the devils from the west. But that but I guess people interpret it as in different ways. Like I, I I also think that like Ivar the Boneless was an interesting one because there's a lot of ways to interpret the word boneless. Did mm -hmm. it mean that he did it mean that he have he he actually had brittle bone disease? Did it mean that he was just a really evil person? Did it, you know, that he had no heart, that he actually couldn't have sex, or was it all of them? Um, yeah. So that was fun, too, talking to the historians we had on our show, because they would talk with Michael about, you know, the answer to all of these for us was, what's the most dramatic? Mm -hmm. Like, what, like, how can we dramatize this the most? Like, 
when we introduced the crossbow in the show was about 200 or 300 years earlier than the crossbow was invented. But for the siege of Paris, it made sense. You know, it was going to add, you know, those little liberties, I think, that we took throughout the show. But it's really fascinating to talk to you and hear about, like, what we actually do know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That, that's a good point. I never thought of boneless. Is, Mateus, could there be any link to, like, spy, everyone said of spineless or something along those lines? But I mean, so- maybe spineless in a sense of, like, Alex said, as in ruthless or not caring. So, so the thing is that we have so little historical material to, 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 to base our in, uh, understanding of this character on. And that's why over time, different scholars have posed different uh, interpretations of his name. And, and so, so now when you're, for instance, trying to create a, an exciting dramatic story about uh, him, right? Then, then you'll be looking at that, and then you'll look for well, well, what could, what, how, what is the best story to tell here, right? Yeah. That, that's really what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I, I think in that sense, <laughs> you guys did a great job with him on the yeah, show. Oh, okay. that, he he was a cool, on too. I'm sure Alex would come on. He's 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 an amazing guy, and he did such a good job. One of the we'd love to did, talk to him. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll put you guys in touch. One of the one of the things I really wanted to do for the show as well was um, the studio wouldn't go for it because they thought I would look, they're like, no, nah, you, you look too ugly. And I was <laughs> like, I really want to paint my teeth blue. Um, yeah. Oh, you should have done it. Yeah. Trust, me, trust, trust me, I fought for that. I wanted to paint my yeah. teeth blue. I wanted it to be Bluetooth and that, you know, to me, but they, they, wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't go for it. But I love um, that they did that. Like, that's so cool. And I think that's where you ended up getting Bluetooth from as well was, was the the ink that they put on their teeth for these? Yeah. So this is really interesting too, right? Because there there's several historical uh, sources talking about why he uh, Harold is called Bluetooth. Yeah. Um. Wh- one has to do with uh, a something about he ate a lot of blueberries at some point. Another <laughs> one, <laughs> yeah, it's like another that's one has not, to that's do not as cool. No, exactly. It's- it's but, not, but another yeah, one. Has, blueberries are really good for you, though. Yeah, that's true. good for him. <laughs> another one is that he probably just had a dead tooth or something like that. So, like yeah. scholars have tried to to explain it, but you know, um, we know from Japan, for instance, that uh, it, it was customary for a long time uh, time period actually to to paint your teeth black in uh, in in Japan historically. So you could also go that route and say maybe these Vikings actually had some kind of like thing about that who knows yeah. um mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, <laughs> jim just wrote harold blueberry tooth i love that <laughs> yeah that's the character <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. There's, there's a comedy sketch there yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> and we know we know these you know that there's like plenty of vikings who have actually filed their teeth we found yes. these uh you know uh skulls with uh, filed teeth not mm-hmm. not the um uh, not like pointy or anything like that but like a grill like right across it must have been so fucking painful like oh <laughs> literally that's what always confused me because when we first spoke about filed teeth i always just assumed it would be like i think it's the the pygmies the the point that they file them into little points and that's that's terrifying um mm-hmm. and I, I can kind of understand that because it's making them sharper for the bind but when you said they filed them just flat across it just 
I feel like that's not as scary, but must hurt, but it's not quite as terrifying as these dagger teeth, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the most terrifying thing to me about, about them, and one thing that I loved so much about them, and I tried to put it in a lot, and of course, you're going to do the war cries, you're going to do all that. Like, uh, you can only imagine that they would be amped up going into battle. But what I loved about them so much was their acceptance of death and how they saw death. And can you imagine being, you know, uh, you know, a Christian people uh, with, you know, being brought up on heaven and hell and, you know, you don't know where you're going to end up. And then you see these people in battle so excited to die, you know, <laughs> or, or at least go to battle. I would have freaked, I mean, freaked anybody that is out, man. terrifying, you know, yeah. like, well, and I, you know, just the idea that they could be smiling or they could be excited while you're terrified to go to war i mean that to me is the most intimidating thing about that that is a that that is a good point i mean the war tactics of those kinds right we know them from multiple societies the idea yeah. that oh it doesn't matter if i die i i will be just fine regardless yeah. right that has got to be some of the most terrifying people to stand in front of yeah <laughs> like watching it's psychological them. warfare yeah yeah oh yeah and it's it really does it really does work. Um, like I said, putting a comparison back to, to sport, when I, you know, when I was playing rugby, if there was someone across from me that, that kind of didn't seem to care or was a little bit kind of not unhinged, but you could kind of get a read off somebody that they're, they're really not bothered about maybe hurting themselves, it makes you think twice. And, and yeah. it's like you say, with you playing ice hockey, it's a very physical game. You, you, there is that mental warfare before you start oh, yeah. uh, kind of getting into each other's heads. You know, I, rug, I played rugby as well, and um, oh, nice! I love. I mean, it's such a great game. I I loved it. Um, it that camaraderie and that feeling. I mean, I think that's why sports is so great too. Is like it's kind of our version now of still feeling like you're a part of a tribe and you're part of, you know, doing your own version of uh, going to war. So it's a game, but um, um, yeah, acceptable type of warfare, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so to take it back to to the show. Um, until you mentioned it earlier, I didn't realize how much of this journey was emphasis on Bjorn. Um, obviously, watching it at the time, there's so much emphasis, I guess, on Ragnar and everybody's following his journey and then it kind of ends and Bjorn has to take over from that. But as you said, this, from, from day one, we followed the, the birth of Bjorn from child to, to this legendary figure. So he, he, it kind of is mainly Bjorn's journey in the end. Um, so, yeah, that must have been, a, like I say, a fun thing to do. I knew that the potential for him to to take over the show was there. Um, mm -hmm. But when and how, we did not have that plan. And, um, you know, Travis was so exceptional as as Ragnar. And, and, I, and I say this again and again, and I mean it we wouldn't have had Vikings without him. Um, you know, he, that character was so special and mm -hmm. I, you know, admire him so much, not just as an actor, but also as a friend. And I, I remember feeling as we continue, because Travis's character, Ragnar wasn't supposed to continue. Uh, originally he was supposed to die on season one. No um, way. Before I even signed on. And it was, you know, it was already doing quite well when the show kept going. They figured they were going to continue that story, so they did. Um, I came on in season two, and the time they decided to finally kill him off, 
the show had already become such a big success at that point that the pressure on me was immense. And I, you know, like from my, from my feeling as a fan of the show, um, you know, obviously um, I just wanted the show to be great, but I also knew that the, the right successor to that was Bjorn. You know, that is the person to take on the mantle of his father. And um, so I knew that that I had a huge, huge shoes to fill. And fortunately, Travis was so amazing with me. Um, and we talked about like, you know, sons, we want to be earned to be his own character, but sons do emulate their fathers in a lot of ways. And as I get older, I realize just how much of my dad is still in me and my mannerisms and the things that I do. So we wanted to to explore um, these very eccentric uh, personality traits that come out in different ways uh, in Bjorn and in the other brothers. And that that's a testament to everybody coming together um, to find out which ones exactly they were going to take and how we were going to kind of thread that needle through all the brothers. And, um, you know, so that in a way, he's never really gone. And um, fortunately, I... I don't know how we did it. Uh, I honestly didn't know if the show was going to survive after Travis left. And um, we, we continued to grow. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a result of just every single cast member and the crew just continuing to put, you know, their, uh, an immense amount of effort into the show. So I'm just very, very grateful that, that people welcomed it with open arms, um, even when at times I was skeptical that the show would, would continue. So, yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, as a fan watching at the time, it was one of those moments like, how, how do you carry this thing on without, without Ragnar? He was such a, a huge character. For me, it was like killing Andrew Lincoln off in The Walking Dead, like in one of the earlier series. And it was that kind of feel that he carried kind of everything. But you, I've got to say, you stepped up to the mark and, Absolutely, it was. It was not that you didn't miss Ragnar, but it it had its life after that and carried on. But it so easily could could not have because people had such an attachment to him, including myself. Like I, I I'm not even gonna lie. Like I, I was like, we're so fucked. Like I was <laughs> like, God, Jern was just a side. You know, he was an important character throughout the show, but it's like it was still Ragnar's show, and mm-hmm. then it kind of branched out into. I knew for sure fans would want to watch the Avenge of Ragnar's death. That's an awesome thing to watch. Like mm-hmm. I love that part, like the the great heathen army. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard, um, mm-hmm. and how the brothers, you know, get their revenge. Um, but I'm I'm very, you know, we got very lucky. We have incredible fans and incredible group of people around us, and 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 we made it work. And you know. Um, you know, yeah, it was, I mean, even I missed, missed Ragnar, uh, you know, because it was his show. It's not like he killed off, like in Game of Thrones, like name another show that does, I mean, I, I guess they did it in The Walking Dead. I haven't seen it, but like, I was like, what other cable drama has done that? Like in four seasons, you've, you've got an audience to connect with one central part and then you just rip it away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can't, I can't think of another show the Walking no. Dead, they, they, the, with Andrew Lincoln in, in that, he went, I think it's, I think Walking Dead may still be going now. I stopped watching a while ago, but he was in it 
as I watched it and all the way, but I know that he's not in it now. So maybe like they got to like nine seasons and then I think they got rid of him and it's still maybe carrying on. But I can't I, think... I, I was pissed off when they, they killed him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a show that the that killed off the the main like no. title. The, the main character, because there, there's no doubt that, that Ragnar was... I, I'm not going to say he was the show because you've got people like Catherine Winnick and yourselves in there who really did Japan, but he was a huge part. And to get rid of him, that's a brave move for, for the, yeah. the producers. It wasn't set up like Game of Thrones where you have a main character for one season and you lose it, but you know that the world continues because there's other worlds around there. Mm-hmm. But with this, it was so focused on one character for so long. Um, I think what also helped us was the fact that it was historically based and that's great. And that people fortunately had grown to love the other characters as well that had been surrounding the, the focal point for so long that it felt right. And you should miss those characters. You always should, you know, like, you know, I think that, but if you, if you continue long enough, the same way, uh, I, I really believe that people lose interest. So I think that there's also ways where if you feel like a, that's kind of why I actually, I, I left the show nine episodes before I was supposed to. And I did that because, well, for a lot of reasons, obviously there was a lot of personal reasons where I was just like, it was, it was a lot. And I, you know, I'd been away from home for six years and I was ready to go home, but also more importantly, from the show's point of view, I was like, you know, I feel like I've, I've told everything I can and I've done everything I can with my character. And this is the time he should go. And, Mm -hmm. and in order to give space to the brothers to finish their story. um, So I had known, I had talked to Michael about, about, about how we can, you know, end Bjorn's story and continue on and finish the brother's stories because they had become an important part as well. And Lagatha's part was important as well. So, um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of an epic like this. Um, again, like when you look at the brave parts of the world or you look at gladiators of the world and, and those kind of stories are far and few between. And I think what Vikings told the industry as a whole was that people do want these stories. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing against, there is nothing against superhero movies, all that. I love them. They're fun. They're great. But they're not the only thing that people are going to show up for. And Vikings was an example of that. And, and those are the kind of stories I want to be a part of, you know? Mm. So, um, I, I mean, from, from my perspective, I would say that uh, the, 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 a show like Vikings is, uh, is a lot more relatable than the, the, the superhero movies. I can watch a superhero movie for fun. It's great. Um, but the shows like, as you're saying, like gladiators, uh, brave hearts of the world, you know, that kind of stuff. That's the stuff that I remember. Like yeah. I and I go back um, uh, as cheesy as it may sound. I go back and and watch uh, uh, Troy. I go back and watch Gladiator. Yeah. I, you know, and and Braveheart over and over again. Oh, Braveheart! Um, Braveheart stands up no matter what for me. That right? film cuts me deep <laughs> every time I watch it. It it gets me. There's just um, something appealing about that story, even though that it's, you know, in so many ways, also a very cheesy story, right? It's that, <laughs> but, it's that underdog story, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess you kind of get that with Vikings going You to, definitely have that in Ragnar. He's to, also to an underdog, right? He, he mm-hmm. starts out as a simple farmer uh, who then, you know, has some ideas about 
how he you can do awesome things in the world really and then there are these uh you know establishment individuals the jarl and so on who are basically uh trying to prevent him from succeeding he has to fight him to, uh, his way through all of that and then build himself up and then he gets to the top and so you know in that sense it's it's very similar um that lovable cheeky chappy that we all know Yes. We all know somebody like that who's just very like it's very likable. He's just a likable character. Even when he does things that maybe you don't agree with, it's still very like he does it in a likable way that you can't you can't it's be in, mad at him for him almost. In so many ways, it's a it's the trickster story, you know. Uh, and you know, in Scandinavia, we have plenty of these folk tales about the three brothers. We have the oldest one who does things by the book. We have the um, the middle one who follows the oldest one. And then we have the youngest one who's like, ah, fuck it all. I'm going to do my own thing. And, <laughs> and then goes out and, and wins the whole deal. <laughs> Usually, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Alex, I mean, we have to speak about the, 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 deaths, the death scene, the last scene you're in, because that's such a, it, it's a, a beautiful thing, I think. It's, you, you know, you went out, in a in a blaze of glory, I think it was a, a. I just I can't even begin to say how grateful I am from for Michael's vision in the studios. Um, that that scene was a very very special one to shoot, mm. and you know they did right by the character, and I, I really don't think that he could have gone out in a better way. Um, the you know. Uh, there's a there's an old movie called El Cid, and I sat with Michael and we were talking about how Bjorn should die. And Michael Hurst is one of those rare showrunners. You don't get this on television. You really don't. Where he wrote every episode, which meant that he needed to lean on us as well. Um, and he was fortunately, I think, smart enough that uh, and humble enough to to come to us for advice as. Because um, he would say, look, at this point, you know, Bjorn better than than I do. Um, mm. So let's talk about how he should go out. And he's like, this is my idea. And he based it off of a movie called El Cid, which was a true story that Charlton Heston starred in. And for those who don't know who Charlton Heston is, he was one of the great actors um, of a previous generation. Ironically, Charlton Heston, uh, his grandson is my best friend. Um, really? And- <laughs> have like and it has nothing to do with the fact that i'm an actor i'm in the industry we grew up together i'm from canada he lives in california it just just so happened that my dad were friends um that's so funny (laughs) so when he said that he wanted to emulate this version of lc i was like man you don't you have no idea how how much that means to me and um so we found he he, we came up with these different ideas and, and and he finally settled on this and Again, like it was such a, and as you said, uh, Matthias, like it's such a great, it's such a great um, way to weave in like historical accuracy with folklore, right? That, that this was our interpretation of Bjorn Ironside, the man who can't be killed because Mm -hmm. even for death, he's still, even in death, he's able to win the war. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I was just like, I got chills thinking about it and uh, you know, I can't tell you how many fans come up to me and just go, that was one of the greatest, you know, death scenes I've ever seen. And I'm just so grateful 
to have been giving me opportunity because at the end of the day, you can be the greatest actor on the planet. And if you're, if you're not working with great material, you will come off horribly. Um, and, um, similarly, you can be a bad actor and being great material and, and come off really well. Um, so for me, I got really lucky that I'm a terrible actor and I had great material. <laughs> uh, don't put yourself down. <laughs> I, I think there's also something really cool about this, uh, you know, the burial scene the, in the mound. He's he's propped up on the horse and all of that stuff. Yeah. And it, because there's there's some historical aspects to this. We know that in, in some burials, in some of the big boat burials from the Viking Age, it does actually look like people have been, you know, seated or placed in different ways so that um, even in, in some cases, it, it might actually have been so that you could actually go in and still talk to them and hang out with them yeah. after they were dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, okay, we that, that's what people did back then. <laughs> That's the thing is, I, I think also the show kind of relied on, and I thought, it, I love that, that. I love when shows don't treat audiences like they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, you know, you look at something like that and it looks ridiculous, but you can trust that most of the people who are invested in the show are at least going to look up, did this actually happen? Or is this legit? Because you want to know. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that they didn't feel like they had to explain too much to the audience or you know too much exposition i think is always kind of just boring just trust that the audience is smart enough to to to, yeah. to dive into the world you know so that's that's such a good point because there's so many programs that just act like the audience don't know anything or can't work anything out and they just spoon feed everything to you and it gets frustrating um and again this is one thing with vikings that, that i've noticed from from obviously what we for what i do and i'm sure Matthias as well that it brings so many people into this community and they just dig deeper. It's, it, it catches fire. And I don't know that about any other show necessarily that I've watched or kind of spoken to people about that it, people really do just get into it and they want to know more. They, they it, it almost becomes like an addiction maybe that they just want to research, research, research and, and, and know as much about these characters as they can. Yeah. I mean, it is, yeah. it is also a fascinating time period because it's so, it's, it's, it's distant and close at the same time. It's distant in the sense that it's, uh, it takes place, you know, a thousand years ago. It's a, largely in a time period before Scandinavians had become Christian. Um, but in the same way, there are so many relatable aspects. Uh, there are so many aspects of, of the, the, the people who existed back then, um even like in in a sense also technological aspects that makes this this world relatable to us too so so it's right there you know making a show about the bronze age in either england or 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 scandinavia i think that would be some some like really too distant for us because it's just not it's just not near in the same way but vikings that works out perfectly. And I think that's also part of what draws people in and then makes people really interested in finding out more. Like, what was it like? What what kind of tools did they use? What kind of clothing did they wear? All of these little detail aspects, right? And um, I mean, as somebody who, you know, has grown up in Scandinavia and 
for a long time also been um, at least on the fringes of the whole reenactment community that we have out there. Because like, you know, Vikings is the main reenactment that you get in Scandinavia. So many people do that. You have Viking markets everywhere in the summertime. You know, these little markets that show up where people sit in Viking tents and do crafts and dress up as Vikings and all that stuff. And it's it's just like the thing that fascinates people. And again, nobody nobody thinks in the same way about the Bronze Age, you know, or, or the Stone Age. Or something like that. I noticed too in Scandinavia that I that I absolutely love, and it's and you know I noticed it a lot when I went to Stockholm uh, and I talked to people there. But I I noticed it a ton in Iceland, and perhaps it's because it's smaller and uh, in, in population and just a little bit more removed. But there's there's still this wonderful element of folklore, like there mm -hmm. really is like. I mean, to the point where like I'm in Iceland and this this uh, Icelandic guy I met actually funny enough named Viking. Um, <laughs> I told me that his his mother, his mother will stop in the middle of the road to let the trolls pass. <laughs> across the, you know, like and yeah. connection to the earth and to nature and this respect for the world that I personally connect with on a huge level, like. I've, I never feel more at home in my life than when I'm, I'm in the mountains. Uh, and in specific, when I'm in, in Whistler mountain in Canada, that's where I, where I spent most of my time. And like, to me, like, there's just something about that that fills my soul and getting to shoot Vikings and getting to be a part of, um, a, like this tribe of people that, that, ha that share that same belief, but even on a, on a, on a much grander level is it was amazing i remember um in iceland we went to this spot where they would have what they uh, th their their ting right where all these people from and all these tribes from all over iceland would, would meet once a year um to discuss uh everything uh from uh politics and and, and whatnot and they chose this spot because they felt that it was the most spiritual spot that they could find to hold their their thing now they couldn't have known that um what was underneath them at the time um they only felt their connection to to the earth and the nature around them what's what blows my fucking mind is that where they decided to have that was literally between two tectonic plates mm -hmm. like they chose that based on how they felt when they were there which meant their connection to their environment was so deep and so spiritual. To me, that just that's just incredible mm -hmm. that they that something about this area was really special. And when you go there, it just it's wild. I actually think Game of Thrones filmed filmed in that area as well, just because it's just it's stunning. Um, it is really cool thing to see. Yeah, no, I mean that, that's that's some of the stuff that I've uh, you know uh, the a traditional relationship to land um, and sort of the infusion of mythology into, into, into land and especially in context of volcanoes is yeah. what I've been doing my research on. And it's, it's really interesting to see that there is a very, very consistent idea in Iceland of, of the, the world around me is alive. This yeah. is something that the first Scandinavians who came there, they had a realization about. And it has been there since. And you even see it in contemporary 
modern Icelandic uh, environmentalist movements, um, the same feeling, the same, uh, the same way of relating to their world. Um, you get that in, in, in other parts of Scandinavia too, for sure, but it's much stronger in Iceland, I would say. And, and it's definitely because this has been kept alive in a, in a, in a smaller community, whereas like, you know, in Denmark and Sweden, we've, <laughs> we've been, uh, um, overrun by civilization, you know, <laughs> those kinds of things. <laughs> no, but it, it seems as though we're, or a lot of people are heading back in the, in that direction now. They're trying yeah. to find those spiritual roots. And I think that, again, leans to maybe the popularity behind TV shows like Vikings, things like that. Because people are just looking back, especially, I think, North Americans. They're looking for that sense of identity and looking back towards Europe, I think. And, and so many find their place in that Scandinavian heritage and uh, like grab onto it and really enjoy it and, and get involved and, and kind of start researching into this thing. Um, and I hope it just carries on. I hope that that people do get more spiritual. It's sad that we've lost that connection to nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there are so many, so many different traditions all over the world and all over Europe too. That you know, they're right there under the surface. Like Scandinavia is known for a, a, a place that has preserved a lot of folklore and, and those kinds of things. But you know, go to Italy and you'll see the exact same thing. As long as you just scratch just right behind that uh, renaissance painting that they usually prop up in front of you and then you'll find all the cool folklore in 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 a place like italy like it's it's all over and it's just it's a matter for us to you know grab it and 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 relate to it absolutely yeah alex how important is it for you to get out into to the mountains i guess and into nature because you know i'm lucky enough to i've been to to norway to iceland I've been to to Whistler. My sister lived up there for for a while, um, and just just the just the drive up to Whistler from Vancouver is probably the the most beautiful road I've ever driven in my life. It's stunning, but you can't help get feel a connection to nature because it is so breathtakingly beautiful. Same with Iceland, same with Norway. So you can't help deny that there is this connection with nature that so many people, I guess, have have lost when you're living in these very urban concrete jungles it's like it is so important to me i mean it it fills it fills my soul and like i have it's like my medicine man like i have to get out there i have to be doing something um i did this uh this thing called the west coast trail and uh, i did it with my my mom my sister uh my brother my cousin it's a 50 mile uh trek from uh uh, along uh, along the pacific coast of uh uh of Vancouver and are uh, more just out, outside of it. And it was one of the most incredible, it was, it was strenuous and brutal, but it was an incredible journey. And it takes you about four days. You do it in three. If you, you know, if you go fast and you're in the middle of nowhere, you're camping every night and you're trekking just from one place to another. And those experiences are just like, you know, they had, they had so much right back then, you know, and I think that it's not that people are just, denying um that there's this connection to nature that they feel i just feel like a lot of people aren't born with it anymore so it's like they don't even understand what they're missing you know for a lot Mm -hmm. of people but fortunately for people like us that were born you know in scandinavia or it was canada or the uk there's a lot of chances and opportunities for us to really experience that Mm -hmm. um i also got to show you this so when i finished the show uh when i finished vikings um i got given this 
Oh yeah, we we were going to talk about it before, but wow. we uh, we said to hang on. Look wow. at that! And For people this... listening, this is uh, Alex is showing. I, I'm assuming it's going to be Bjorn's sword. It is. So that's uh, it says uh, Bjorn Ironside in in, uh, in Old Norse, inscribed nice. there on the other oh, side. No. Yeah, wow. it is. <laughs> Yes. I meant, is that is that the one that you would film with, or is that like a replica that they make? That's the one I had when I was on the horse. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah that must mean a lot. I, cool. you, how? <laughs> what opportunities do you get to just keep stuff? Because I just want to keep everything when I when I'm filming. I'm like, I want to if I, if I've worn it or, or or touched them, like that's mine now. That belongs to me. I was pretty cheeky. I actually, I walked into the great hall and they have all these incredible antlers. Like, I mean, just spectacular. Mm-hmm. And I walked up and I took these huge antlers off the wall and I just walked out and I'm like, like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm taking these home. I've heard <laughs> <antlers>. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but- I'm them home for me, which is great. Yeah, I think you've you've got to you because you must grow an attachment to to the things you wear and the things around you as much as we do watching it. Um, but you're there and you're able to just sneak them away, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not everything. But yeah. Well, the things you're the things you're willing to tell us on here. Exactly. <laughs> Secretly, you've just got a bag full of stuff that you stole from the set. <laughs> No one, yeah, that no one knows about. Um, yeah, I think we're getting we're getting close to kind of like an hour and a half. Um, I don't know if there's anything you, you know. You said that you're you you love history and you kind of you're interested in this stuff. Obviously, there's uh, an actual Nordic studies professor there. I don't know if there's anything you've ever wanted to ask, maybe from being on the show or that you were curious about. Maybe I know I'm putting what, you on the spot there. My story. Uh... Matthias, if you can think that you wish that was told on the show that wasn't. Is there anything in specific you're like, I wish, or do you think that there's a, a period that wasn't touched on that you wish it was? Um oh that's that's a really good and that is and a quite, good question. Quite, quite big question too. Um actually, if this is just because I'm Danish, I think I, I I wish that there had been a little more focus on Eastern Scandinavia um, to throughout the show, and yeah. like characters from Eastern and Southeastern Scandinavia that goes both for for the Swedish area and 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 also for the Danish area. I mean, uh, credit is due to the fact that they do, for instance, portray places like Hedeby and so on. Um, but but I wish that there had been a little more focus on that because um, uh, arguably, so the problem with the Viking Age is that we have so many awesome stories from from the northwestern corner, right? From 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 Iceland and Norway, that's where a lot of the stories are centered around. But historically, uh, it looks like you know southeastern Scandinavia was was a lot more the place where things were happening. So there's like this this skewed uh, perspective historically because we just have a bunch of much more interesting stories from out there, um, and this this then means then that that Norway gets a lot more attention all the time. Iceland gets a lot more attention. You know, they also arguably have a lot more cool and dramatic landscapes than you know 
Denmark, which looks like a tiny version of Iowa, uh, but <laughs> with a coastline though. But but um, but yeah, that that's 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 sort of the only thing where I'm like, I wish I wish we we saw a little more of that. We uh, wish we saw a little more of like what happened in places like Gotland, for instance, too, in in the island off the coast of um, Sweden, which you know historically is actually like a hotspot for for this might actually be where the Viking Age is sort of like invented in the first place. Um, there's so much interesting stuff happening there. But but aside from that, uh, I think, you know, the, the show is is uh, is just you know, doing a great job at telling a great story about Viking legends for for the modern world. So it's it's a it's a tiny, tiny complaint. And it's only because I'm from that part of Scandinavia. <laughs> I think um, if there's one thing that Vikings the show did do was really show the industry and the world that there are so many amazing stories about that time and I think that over the next 10 years or even longer we're going to see more of these pop up um, you know I know Gustav's brother Alex Skarsgård has got the Northman coming out mm-hmm. um, they have obviously Valhalla's coming out and I know Netflix wants to do films as well so um, it's just good to know for me you know like I, I agree that there's so much more we could touch on and it's just such an incredible world and I would love to just explore it more. So it's mm-hmm. good. I appreciate the, uh, the answer. Um, but yeah. For sure. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. I start think... writing a script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I think, yeah, there's, there's so much, there seems to be so much emphasis on the minute just doing sequels to things or remakes of things, or some version of something that already exists. You see it all the time with movies and rehashes of things. But there is so there's so many interesting stories back in history that sometimes are more wild than than fiction that, that we could tap into. Um, but unfortunately, they don't get get explored because obviously they're not the safe option. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I agree with you. I just feel like. I'm like, when are people going to realize, and I, maybe, you know, remakes and that stuff, that's happened since the beginning of, uh, of film. You know, they've mm-hmm. done that before. It's not just now. But I think if there's one thing that remains true in, is that people want something new and fresh. And it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious, like audiences have responded to that time and time again. You look at something like even Squid Game, for example, I promise you in the next five years, we're going to see a million shows that are very similar to that. But oh, the, yeah, for sure. Special was because it was unique and it was different and it was at this time. And it was the same with Vikings. The reason Vikings was a special show was because it was unique and different and nobody was doing it at that time. So mm-hmm. I think forward, um, it's going to be important to just continuously tell and develop new interesting stories. So audiences are, are continuously engaged and not bored with just the same, you know, repetitive cycle that we see every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I very much agree with that. And, and you know, that's also why, um, speaking of the Northman, I'm, I'm so much looking forward to that movie coming out because yeah. I just know that the, the product that Robert Eckers is capable of making yeah. is just going to be phenomenal. <laughs> I'm so much looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, guys, 
Billy, I really appreciate you having me on. And I, I thank you guys so much for the time and you're so gracious. And everybody who was listening, thank you guys. I love the questions. And um, I'm so grateful for the support of, of me and the show. Like, it's just, it was truly, uh, truly the, the greatest experience of my life. So, yeah, thank you so yeah. much for, for joining us. It was great talking with you. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for taking the time. And I'm sure not that many people were disappointed it wasn't Chris Hemsworth either. <laughs> <laughs> and also i want to bring out a, a, a shout out to kati kati Ron for 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 connecting us thank Absolutely. you so much for helping us <laughs> um, yeah wonderful right. well, have a great day and I, I really appreciate the chat that was awesome thanks perfect you too, man. thank you we'll speak to you there and i will um i'll drop you an email about about a horn as well please do, please do. that'd be awesome perfect All thank right. you take care right. See you guys. Bye. What a fun guy! Yeah, absolutely. What a what a really, really nice nice guy. Because you get you get people when they get to a you, because there's no denying that he is a famous guy. You know, he's got a like three and a half million followers on on Instagram. He's you know you get to a certain level of flavor, and some people can really I, they'll change the their attitude and maybe not want to speak to a little podcast like us i guess you know and he's taking the time and and genuinely seems interested in it and he's happy to answer questions and that's so lovely lovely to see um yeah no yeah. i i i really enjoyed that and I, I was really happy that he um he was such a chill person <laughs> you know yeah before you go let's yes. let's do a little bit of an outro so shan can edit this little bit yes. together and we, yes. we we we're, we're dumb if we don't get our plugs on what was that potentially going to be the biggest episode that we're going to do that um, is true. so yeah so mateus where can people find you well you can of course always find me on my instagram platform just type in my name mateus norvig and you should find my instagram profile there we go yeah and if you if you enjoy the show please leave us a five-star rating positive review wherever you listen to the podcast and um, that really does help people find it and if you can please pop over to the patreon and just check that out we have a bunch of exclusive episodes on there from our story time episode to our q a episode that you're only going to get on patreon and they are well worth a subscription fee there's a, a whole back catalog you can you can listen to um and obviously you get to sit on on new episodes as well listen to them live and like alex did guests are going to interact with you in the in the live chat which is really nice yeah um, and and keep in keep in mind that the lowest tier literally just is the cost of a cup of coffee and you also for get one the of chance... us not even for both of us no just one <laughs> of us yeah and you also get the chance to ask uh questions about the viking age Nordic mythology all those kinds of things that i will then answer in our specials and uh, the Q&A. So um, that's not a bad deal at all. No, no. And then, like I say, No Mythology Podcast on Instagram, the website, the Facebook, the Facebook page, uh, the YouTube. Facebook group. Yep, YouTube. The Facebook group we have, which is a really nice place where we people can just chat to us and post memes about me, which seems to be the new popular thing. <laughs> oh, you become the meme. <laughs> stupid things that I, Stupid things that I say on here become memes now apparently so they're always fun to see um yeah sophie says don't don't be getting too famous now i mean you <laughs> you never know 
someone did recognize my voice once. So oh really? Cool. There we go. <laughs> all right, Mateus, you you can get out of here. I'll see all you right, all man. next time.